Welcome to another episode of NY Just Fans Podcast with hosts Davin Shaman and Chris. Please make sure to follow us on Twitter at Just Fans Podcast. That's being the second round of the playoffs, um, divisional round of the playoffs. Let's start off. We thought we was going to have some breaking news that Robert Salah from the 49ers was going to be the Just new coach, but that didn't happen as he is interviewing with the Eagles right now. So, Chris, I'm going to start off with you. What do you think happened and why a deal wasn't done? And also, which which candidates do you see um, getting the second interview with uh, Joe Douglas and company? Uh, well, a couple of things could have happened. Uh, maybe the Jets didn't exactly like um, what they heard today from him. Maybe he wanted this or, you know, maybe they couldn't agree on certain things. Um, could be a lot of things on his side. Maybe he wanted to still um, interview with other other positions because he's a hot commodity. I mean, just about every team wants to interview that guy. So, um, so maybe he wanted to go out there and and still talk to other teams. Um, so until the details come out more, uh, we'll hear about it. Uh, in my mind, once he walked out the door and and he left without a contract, I'm gonna think. My, my guess is he's never going to come back. You know, he's going to see other teams and, you know, he'll work something out. I mean, you bring in someone for a second interview, uh, especially the first guy you bring back for a second interview, you, you're not bringing your worst one. You're bringing your number one choice back in, or at least the ones that you could talk to right now, because some are still in the playoffs that you can't talk to. But, um, so, you know, it's a little disappointing. I know some, I know some Jet fans uh, wanted Salah, you know. But, um, you know, because for, for me, he checked all the boxes. When you see him on the sideline, he seems like he's a good leader of the players. Players like to play for him. Seems like he gets the most out of his players because this year they had a bunch of injuries on the defensive side, and they still played very well for him. So, and he's a great defensive coordinator, obviously. So he checks a lot of boxes, but, um, you know, hey, maybe it's for the best. That's all I could, that's all I'm hoping for. Um, and who I could see them bringing in. I mean, we've heard uh, Arthur Smith from Tennessee. I think he's next up for a second interview. We've actually heard Marvin Lewis as a possibility for a second in interview. Um, the, Defensive coordinator for the Colts, we've heard for a second interview coming up. So they, they got guys coming in. So they're, they're going to do what they got to do, interview these guys again, you know, more face-to-face -face instead of a Zoom call. And as the playoffs progress and teams get knocked out, if there's a coach that they want to talk to, like Brian, Brian Dable from Buffalo, that's when they could bring him in for a face-to-face -face interview, not a, a Zoom uh, interview. So... We'll see. I mean, at least that's what's coming out, but I'm sure more information will come out more, you know, as the days go on. But, um, you know, let's see how this goes. Yeah. Um, I just think overall, we just need that leader. Uh, <laughs> and yeah. I guess it was tough. It was tough for them. So, you know, all I could do is just all we could do as Jets fans is hope for the best. And I know I know it's very upsetting and frustrating because a lot of Jet fans wanted this guy, um, wanted Robert Salah. But, you know, things do happen. 
and I don't see him. I don't. I don't see him coming back unless if he doesn't get a deal done with either the Eagles, the Lions, or the Jags, which um or the Chargers per, per se. But he he could be he could be gone and might not. But we could definitely see what happens. Yeah, um, Devin, um, I. I know I've been uh, accused of being, you know, the the one on this on this podcast that's always super uh, positive about everything. Um, it's not, in my opinion, it's not really about positivity. Um, I just hate to uh, to kind of uh, go with the narrative that everything bad happens to us. Um, happens to Jets. Happens to the Jets. I think. I think it's not bad things happen to the Jets. I think um, choices lead us to where, lead the organization to where they are. So, um, is it that the organization was haggling over numbers with Salah, and he, and he wanted a little bit more. He wanted more years or something like that. Um, was it that was it that um, at the end of the day he as much as they liked him he wasn't a perfect fit for what they wanted um all these things are things probably we will probably never know um but there is a still a possibility that he is the next jets head coach i don't think i will give it a zero uh, a zero right now i don't think just because he left i don't think it's done I think um, he might be how I want to kind of test the waters around to see what everybody else is offering me first. Um, But I don't think it's over. Um, I'm also, you know, I'm I'm not going to be like, oh, everything is gloom and doom because they didn't get Salah. I know everybody loves him, you know. The point about this not getting Salah is not the, the is not getting Salah. Not getting Salah is not not the point in my opinion. Is what choice you make after you don't get him. You know, so so yes, you know everybody could bring up all the other times that the Jets missed on some kind of uh, great opportunity to pick a hot commodity coach or something, uh, and and then they chose somebody really bad. Doesn't mean that's what they're gonna do now. Um, I think uh, Joe Douglas made his choice. Um, give the owners a guy he thought that would um, that appeal to him as a GM, and they sh- they would work well together. And the owners could not reach an agreement to you know as him being the guy. In my opinion, that's what happened. Um, or. You know, like I said, the other, you know, the choices that the numbers were the problems and stuff like that. But there's other great um, um, opportunities out there. I think uh, Matt Eberflus is somebody, after looking into his story a little bit more, um, kind of interests me. Um, of course, Brian Dable from the um, from the Bills is, um, interests me too. Um, I at first I was uh, I was happy. Oh, I was uh, interested in in Arthur Smith at first, um, just for the kind of you know his story. Basically, kind of interests me the fact that uh, his father, I think, is 
is uh, his father is the is the owner of some one of the big um, one one of the big corporations around. I can't remember which one it is. FedEx. Yes, yes, he's the yeah, he's like the the founder of FedEx. Um, and the fact that he literally did not, he could have did done anything he wanted to do, um, and then he literally went um, went to earn his stripes as a as a football coach instead, which is probably one of the most difficult things you could do um, in the NFL. It's kind of crazy. So, I'm um, in the world. It's kind of crazy. So I, you know, I am. Um, so I'm not. I'm not really selling everything to be over here. I don't think it's all all doom because because he's um, Salah is not signed yet. I think we should hold our horses here a little bit. I think it's a little bit too early in the process. Um, I know it didn't happen on the clock that we put on on the organization. Doesn't mean it's over, in my opinion. Yeah, I don't think it's doom and gloom. You know, at least there's other there's definitely other options out there. Uh, like you, you named a few, so I, I'm not. I'm not upset in that way that there's no other option that we're like, Oh, that's, that's our only, you know, that was our only shot at a good head coach. I mean, there's good options out there. It's just, just a matter of finding the right fit. You know, he could have been, he could have been, he still can be, but maybe he just wasn't the right fit. Maybe talking to him, you know, for most of the part today and maybe they got a a different feeling out of him and said, you know what, maybe, uh, you know, maybe, maybe we'll talk to other people, let him talk to other, other teams and, and then we'll, we'll, we'll kind of get together again, maybe in a week, maybe by the end of the week, you know, he's talked to a few, uh, a few other teams. Maybe we talked to um, Arthur Smith and um, the, uh, the Colts DC, you know, and then they, they might get back together again. So it's not the end of the world, but I think with, you know, bringing him back for the second, for the second interview and I think fans were getting excited, including myself, you know, he was my choice. Yeah, too, me too. But- Definitely. But, um, you know, hey, let's see what else is out there. And I again, we got to trust in uh, in Joe Douglas and that he's going to make the right call. So got to sit back and see how this works out. Yep. And right now, Arthur Smith is uh, flying. Uh, he just finished his second interview with the Falcons, and he is on his way to New Jersey to meet up with the Jets to have dinner with them to get his second interview. So we'll see what happens when, when time moves along. I think it's I think you know, as as us fans, we 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 get so anxious to to want to know who our guy is. <laughs> they they we hoping that it's not the the same mistake, but I think things things have changed this time. And you know, like I said, it's not the owner that's that's making the choice. It's Joe Douglas that's making the choice. So you know, we just have to to figure out what's what's going on because until then, I guess until like. I guess the playoffs is over. I don't think it's going to be really. It's like, I think it's going to be a hard choice for these teams to make their choices. Um, the Chargers and Jaguars. They even talking to uh, Urban Myers, and Urban Myers didn't even make make his decision. So, you know, I, we thought it might have been the Jaguars, but the Chargers might might is, is in play for him. So, who knows? Who knows what's going to happen? Um, the Broncos. They they got their GM. Uh, the Vikings, George, <clears throat> sorry, George Patton. He's he's the new new general manager to the Broncos. So Charmin, um, I I I know you know who who he is, but um, tell tell us what what he can bring to the Broncos as a GM. I think first, I think first and foremost, we have to talk about the fact that uh, that the former Broncos uh, GM, uh, their quarterback, great. Uh, 
um, Elway literally failed for several years to do, other than to bring them a Super Bowl that one time with Peyton Manning, failed to bring them a quarterback that could um, lead their franchise into the future. So um, I don't. I think he got tired of doing the job and he wanted to find somebody else to do, you know, to do what he couldn't do, <laughs> which, you know, um, from a lot of things I, I've read about and heard about, about him, about the new GM, um, seems like he's the guy, he's the kind of guy um, that could do that, you know. Um, I mean, we could we could talk about over and over again about the about the kind of QB that they're looking for, and the question that is is uh, is uh, lock Drew Lock the the future. Um, I think I think Dav I actually spoke to Dav in a little bit about that um, the last time, and I spoke to Chris about that about a lot of the last time too about about you know we've seen flashes of what Locke is, you know, um, and they, they definitely have talent at the skill positions, um, but he's just not there right now. But the question is, is he their future? Um, but the Broncos, I, I, again, I don't think their team is that bad. I think they're up on, it's a, they're an up and coming team. Um, but the one thing that has that Elway really missed on is just getting, Getting a quarterback, um, um, but but that but that to me that thing is um, I think the story the whole story is it's not over yet. You know, I think I think at the end of the day, uh, we'll see we'll see what happens. You know, um, at the end. But uh, George Patton has a, a, a rich history um, in the foot in football stuff. You know, uh, around so. So I think so. I think he's a good pick. I think his name has come came up um, multiple times about GM, um, about other positions when in off season. Yeah, the um, last two years. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so he's just he's one of those guys that, you know, you know, you always hear the story about. Hey, this guy's next. Everybody knows, you know, he's next because his name just keep coming up and up and up, you know. But but the Broncos that wasn't the that I think I don't think that was their first choice. I think they interviewed a bunch of people. Um, they interviewed I think they interviewed uh, 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 Ziegler I think from the Patriots and uh, uh, Kelly from the Bears I think at some point um, I can't like, there was a couple more that they did interview before they before they um, they interviewed him. Um, George um, Patton, but yeah, at the I think I think that uh, Elway is very, he's like one of these old school guys, and um, and he probably he really probably wanted somebody with his kind of vision, uh, but with a with a kind of a twenty twenty one flair to it, uh, which I think that's what Patton is, and that's why he fits what Elway thinks they need going going in the future. Um, I wish them the best. Yeah, and this actually might be the way that Elway steps away from the team altogether, you know what I mean? Um, because now this guy's going to be in charge of personnel they're saying, the draft and everything else. So um, this might be a way of Elway stepping away. Maybe he wants to, you know, eventually now ride, in, ride into the sunset, you know, because he's 
he's been a, the GM there for a while now. So maybe yes. he's just kind of done, you know, he's, so, you know, this is a good move, I think for them, because I think with Elway there um, and you know what, they, they still have an issue with their owners too, because of uh, hmm. what's his name uh, passing away a few years ago. Yeah. There's still a mess on who's owning the team. And I'm sure that's going to come next selling the team and everything, but uh, um yeah, it's definitely it's definitely a good move, you know. Get a different um, mind in there, different strategy, and hopefully they can figure out what they've been missing, you know. Yeah, um, I wanted to make one one more point. I think I think the I think Patton Patton said something about them being really aggressive when they're adding talent, <laughs> aggressive but not reckless. In my opinion, in my opinion, that's kind of what Elway has been doing. <laughs> because because some of those guys if you if you think about it those two quarterbacks that he drafted if you really was looking for guys that were that would fit what a quarterback would look like they were tall long arm strong arm quarterbacks they looked like a quarterback unfortunately they didn't play like one <laughs> yeah, <never> <laughs> that, that's about it you know but well, hopefully lock does for them now you know so that's one less yeah major thing that they got to look out for yeah you know i i don't think in my opinion i don't think he's coming into a situation where it's there the cupboard is bare anyway so so i don't think his job is going to be that difficult to take over so yeah well he got six years to figure it out and, um, oh, still was a six year deal so yeah, he got six years to figure it out, and yeah, just like you said, there you go. <laughs> um, <laughs> so another so other news, uh, Chicago. Uh, let's talk about the Bears. Um, Chairman George McCasey, uh, McCasey, so, I'm sorry, said that uh, General Manager Ryan Pace and Coach Nagy are back next season without extensions. Um, basically, we need better production from the quarterback position to be successful so where so Chris where do the Bears go from here and what quarterbacks <laughs> do you think is is going to happen because that that's just meaning that Trubisky and Foles is just out in the open yeah uh they've been looking for a quarterback for a very long time <laughs> so and they <laughs> like still a lot of other teams <laughs> so uh I mean listen the big name and and you brought it up before is definitely Dak Prescott. You know, everybody assumes that he's going back to Dallas. But you know what? I think if he was going back to Dallas, he would have he'd be signed and sealed already way before. And we've been talking about this I feel like forever, but um he should have been signed a long time ago. So um that's gonna be a name you gotta watch out for, you know, and there's gonna be there's gonna be other guys gonna be up for a trade possibly like Matt Ryan and Matthew Stafford possibly. So there are going to be the names out there. There's just not going to be many, but you know, I I think the the owner has to give uh, Nate uh, Nadia another shot because you know he hasn't been that bad. I mean, eight and eight the last two years, I think, and um, and the year before that they were like twelve and four. So um, you know he hasn't been horrible. So no, he just I mean look what he's had to work with. You know he's had to work with. Trubisky, who's, you know, eh. <laughs> you know, we could say, you know, he was 12 and four his first year. They lost in the wild card. Then it was last year, no playoffs. But then this year they sneak into the playoffs and then, you know, they lose to the Saints. 
So, I mean, yeah, they do got to get better. And they, but they've been looking for a quarterback for, uh, I mean, I don't even remember when they did have a quarterback. You know, I, I, I mean, I guess McMahon back in, uh, in the 80s when they won the Super Bowl, but I wouldn't put McMahon as the leader. Of, you know, I don't think he was the main reason why they won the Super Bowl, but uh, they, you know, so it'll be interesting. I'm, I'm kind of looking forward to this offseason where Dak Prescott ends up because I, I personally don't think he's going to end up in Dallas. Um, and there's other teams out there that are in need of a quarterback or basically a quarterback away from really being a Super Bowl contender. And we've been talking about the Colts with Philip Rivers. You know, he's not, is he coming back? Probably is, but if you could get a chance to get Prescott instead of using um, Philip Rivers next year, then I would think they're going to go after Prescott. But um, so we'll see. Uh, to me, that that's been their Achilles' heel for uh, for as long as I've been watching football is they never <laughs> had a quarterback. You know, oh, they never had a, a franchise. I mean, where we've been bad too with our franchise quarterbacks, but they have two. You know, so imagine how good they would have been if they were in that Super Bowl, when they were in that Super Bowl, if they actually had a good quarterback. Oh, forget it. I mean, oh, in the 80s, that one? No. Not oh, the, the 80s. The, oh, the, the, the last one they were in. Yeah. Uh, what was that, 2006? 2000, right. They only played the Colts. Yeah, yeah, right. That's true. Oh, they had they made it with Rex Grossman. <laughs> that's what I was about oh, to I'm say. Saying, how Colts bad is that? <laughs> Did the Colts have a big and their offense scored a lot of points that year, too. Yeah, yeah but didn't the Colts have Peyton Manning, though? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's what I'm that, saying but, when they went against but, Peyton Manning. Right. Well, Rex Grossman was ass, though, so, yeah. yeah but no, I get it. it. But, remember, but just remember the end, the kind of weapons they had. Their special teams was unstoppable because they had probably the best return man that we had ever seen in the game. Yeah. Devin they had, had they, right. They had one of the best running backs in the NFL. Their defense was ridiculous. All they needed was a was somebody that was a cut above average, and Grossman definitely was not. Yeah, <laughs> you I know, mean, they were thirteen and three that year with him. Sheesh. So imagine with a better quarterback, they would have been unstoppable with a better quarterback. This is this is what I'm saying, and and I think the the kind of narr- that kind of narrative kind of re- remains for this team. I know that there's certain uh, small adjustments that needs to be made here and there, but give that, uh, ex- I mean, I, I'm sorry, but um, one huge adjustment that needs to be made is that offensive line needs to be fixed right now. That offensive line was putrid. I mean, whichever adjective you could come up to explain, they literally reminded me of our the Jets offensive line the year before the, 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 the year before this, this year, um, um, uh, how that's how bad they were, especially up the middle. Um, they need to change everything before they even try to get, if they, let's say they get Dak Prescott or not, they need to fix that offensive line because they will not be able to, because I, I, I heard a lot of people um, criticize their running backs and stuff like that. Listen, you cannot run behind that line because these guys were getting whooped every week almost every week I watched them they were bad um so so whatever the Chicago does next it has to be accompanied by a solid change 
at offensive line. And Greg Williams, um, Greg Williams, I don't know why the hell his name is in my yeah, mouth. Um, uh, <laughs> um, yeah. Um, they, 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 they have to bring in a new GM, um, new defensive coordinator because now their defensive coordinator is gone, right? Yes, correct. He retired. Right. So they, so there's, there's, so there are small changes that need to need to be made. There's big changes that need to be made. Um, I don't understand the giving those these coaches a year thing, um, because there's way too much changing and moving going around to expect them to get everything together by the by the start of the season until unless you get to move mountains like Chris just saying and get somebody like Dak Prescott in the building and you know move heaven and earth and get some picks and get some young talent that offensive line and some mixed with some veterans and stuff and stuff like that and on top of all that get a a, a defensive coordinator in-house that's going to be able to lead one of the most talented defenses in the NFL Hey, this is going to be a hard thing to do, in my opinion. Yeah, it's definitely the quarterback. That's the big – that's been their big uh, issue for so long. So, like I said, they do have – well, they have one shot at Prescott. The rest, I mean, after Prescott, though, it's it's extremely thin for uh, free agent quarterbacks. Um, their only other shot would be either trading for, like I said, possibly for Matt Ryan – um, or Matthew Stafford, or uh, or they they roll the dice again with Trubisky. I don't know because he was decent down the down the road, but I don't think he was good enough. But um, it'll be interesting to see where they go this offseason. Yeah, yeah, we'll 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 know by offseason, but you know, until then, we'll get back we'll get back to that story at another time. Charmin, um, yeah. Brian Schottenheimer. <laughs> I can't even say his name right for a second. Schottenheimer. Oh, yes, thank you. Uh, <laughs> wow. Um, I guess I guess some people didn't expect him to get fired. Um, said him and Pete Carroll basically just wasn't getting along. They both had different visions for the offense, so it was time for him to go. Um, what what have you what have you saw from the Seahawks and what and not just that. Um, what do you think happened to make that off to, to for the Seahawks offense not to be so great in the last uh I'm gonna say couple of weeks? I think I think we I think we kind of know what Schottenheimer is. He's a run first offensive coordinator. Right? Because since he's been a coordinator, that's all they do. They run first and then they throw the ball here and there, right? And then this whole um, let uh, let uh, let Russ um, Cook thing came out, and I think it kind of had the organization probably um, pushing um, Schottenheimer to let Russ throw the ball more uh, with uh, conflicting report, um, results. I mean, there was a stretch there where he was probably one of the better quarterbacks we'd ever seen play football almost unstoppable and then that kind of caved because he started throwing interceptions um so he might have pushed for a return to what he does best is call run plays which i don't understand i don't know what it is probably there was not a commitment 
to it anymore and people love the rust the let's let rust cook movement and uh it just it didn't seem like it gelled right it, it, there was not that much of a commitment to it as i they used to before it looked like everybody was in love with the rust throw the ball a hundred times um so i think probably that's where they, they it kind of sealed the deal for shanaim after that i could be wrong but that's just my opinion um from what i'm see i saw um i kind of sealed the deal for shanaim i think i think um they would like a t uh an offensive coordinator that would um in, introduce a little bit more of a passing game to um to their offense which they haven't really had you know i mean you could count you could count um russell wilson's numbers especially touchdown to interception ratio yes those are legendary but yards wise you know for one of for him being one of the better quarterbacks in the nfl he's he's starkly different from most of the better quarterbacks in the nfl when it comes to yards right chris oh yeah definitely yeah he does not he does not throw 4500 yards a year or 46 no. or even come close to 45 i think the highest I ever saw him throw for was what, what 48 and a half? Yeah, like this year he threw for 4,200. That was the first time, right? Yeah. He ever threw over 4,000, right? Correct me if I'm wrong. I don't I'll, remember I'll him, him ever throwing over 4,000 yards before that. Um, Is because last, that because this year and last ahead. year, over 4,000, 4,100. Oh, last year too? Okay. 2016, 42, 2015, just over 4,000. But this. Oh, so, this so, okay. All right. So, 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 um, so no, I'm no, wrong. I, I get your point though. I, I'm I, wrong, exactly but right. I'm, I'm wrong about the numbers. I'm, I'm wrong about the, the, the number itself, the 4,000, but let's, let's be real. Um, he could, he does not throw the ball as much as most, as most of the better quarterbacks we see. He's, his, his offense is dictated by the run game for the most part. That's what it's been. Right, guys? Yeah, this, no, this is, and you, you know, know what? You know. And Pete Carroll did mention that. I don't know if it was the press conference after the game or if it was the day after, but he did mention in a press conference, he goes, we, we're going to have to get back to running the ball huh. to put us back into the position to throw the, you know, like he was basically saying we have to run the ball more to open so, up our passing game. So is it, so is it that, is it that the reverse of what I'm saying? Is it that Schottenheimer wanted to pass the ball all the time, and he and then the coaches on and the on the organization themselves want to return <laughs> to running that, the ball more? Uh, that and, and Schottenheimer does not want to do that. And also maybe down the road or later in the season, maybe teams were stopping to run more. You know, like yeah, Chris Carson's not a bad running back. You know, he did not a, elite. No, yeah, no, no way. Not bad. I mean, you put him, you know, oh, he's good. no, he's not a bad. Yeah, no, they're not bad, not but bad. no. You know what? I think I think probably what they're gonna do this offseason is maybe concentrate on that offensive line a little bit more. Yes. You know, so they can run the ball better. Um that's uh, that, that's what I think. Um and we did see this offense kind of stumble towards the end. I mean, yeah, they did oh, win. Wow, they did stumble really badly. And you know what? They won six out of seven, six out of their last seven. But look who they beat. All right, they beat Arizona. Um, Probably the better win Jets. for the last for the and last that was half. It. They beat Philly. That was the they lost to the trash. Giants, seventeen twelve. Then they beat us forty to three. What does then that they mean? Beat Washington, 
20 to yeah. 15. Then they beat the Rams 20 to 9. And yeah, then they beat that, the 49 is 26 23. Yeah, it's two it's two games that they had that, that the two games in the last half of the of the season that looked that made that was the better the better wins. It was the Arizona win and and the Ram the wins the win against the Rams. Yeah, I mean I don't blame them getting rid of Sean on it because something was definitely off with that offense. And you know what? Yeah, maybe it was. I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying Russell Wilson is has lost a step or anything, but oh hell no, I, but, I, you know I doubt when, that. But but when you take him out of his element, there you uh, go. You know, the run first, and you know, and opening it up, opening up the pass, the passing game with the running game. If you're putting him into a position where he's throwing more, yeah, that's gonna really affect him because he's used to playing one way, so. I, they probably have to get back to the, you know, their old ways of, you know, run first, open up the passing game that way. Yeah, because because there's so much there's so much that goes into this. Um, I think I think I think in 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 my opinion, it's a good thing for them to move move away from Schottenheimer and bring somebody else in there. Probably a brand new set of concepts and stuff like that. Let's see how that new person gels with uh, Russell Wilson. And with what the organization wants to do on offense, we'll see, you know, but that was a, that was a big failure on their part because I think, I think, um, I think they have a lot to do on that team, not only on offense, but also on defense because that defense was another defense for the most part of the year was horrible. So um, I don't know, man. Uh, They have tough sledding in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, think about it real quick. This this was his ninth year, Russell Wilson. You know, he's yep. not getting any younger. He's going to be thirty three next year. So, you know what? Stick to what stick to what works with this guy. Don't start changing him as he gets older. You know, uh, stick to the running game and and all that. Don't don't start changing this guy at at an older age. You know, hmm. <laughs> to me that makes no sense. No, nope. it's not broke. Yeah, don't fix it. <laughs> this is how you know they need a, a running back. Um, Chris Carson, six eighty one, Russell Wilson, five thirteen, Carlos Hyde, three fifty six. Yeah, but those guys were those guys were injured all Yeah, they was too. injured, but still, yeah. like, of course, without the offensive line is hard. But when you don't have a rush, when you don't have a that running back, that's That's rushing, you know. For you, that's that's game. You know, as good as it is, it's, it's very hard. That's why I understand. The, yeah, five hundred fifty-eight no, passes yeah. thrown. Yeah, you I know. totally understand. Yeah, yeah. So I what Davin is trying to no. say, I totally agree with what Davin is saying. And and I'm 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 gonna I'm not to put words in your mouth, but tell me if I'm wrong. This is what you want to say. Every running game in the history of the NFL, almost every running game in the history of the NFL, that is. An, an offense in the history of the NFL that's dictated by their run game has always had that primary scary running back that everybody knows you're coming to face. Seattle has a running game that they literally use to dictate their offense and none of their running backs scare you. Is that what you're trying to say? Something like that, but like say, yeah. it's like say, even if you have like an average running back, that's still giving you that that you know enough yards that that can that can push the ball up the field, that can that can help him out, you know, play action on the first down, 
uh, uh, you know, this change in the game plan, make the defenses change the uh, game plan, you know? That's all and, That's and all I'm saying. But, yeah, I, I agree with you. I agree with that. Yeah, also, too, they also don't have that offensive line that you're, that you're fearing. I think more yeah. than the – I think more than the running back, it's, right. the, it's the offensive line. So – if yeah, if you yeah, so hopefully they fix that yeah. in the offseason so they can get back to normal. Yeah, if you don't have an offensive don't do line, that, then they're going to be in trouble again. Yeah, if you don't have an offensive line that could win um, the battle uh, on at the line of scrimmage, you, you're not going to have a running game. I don't care who doesn't you doesn't matter what running, running back ball. you have. Yes, you, so, I agree. But if you have that intimidating offensive line, like if you're going into a game where it's against the number one offensive line in football, you're like, ugh. You know you're gonna have a rough time, no matter who's back there. Then you're like, oh, this guy, he's gonna, he's gonna blow by us or whatever. But, right, um, and 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 you're right, and and I think you're totally right. That's why it always kind of um, stinks. The kind of guys that they've drafted into their fold. Um, I understand what you're trying to say, Davin. Um, on any other offense, an average running back is fine or slightly above running running back is fine. But don't tell me that you're going to dictate your offense by running the ball. And the guys that you have running the ball are average at best. That, that, does, not, that does not gel well. That does not, in my opinion, that these two things don't add up. They needed somebody. Now, like, okay, um, what Carson will give you uh, three point something to four yards a carry, right? But he's never that scary where you'd be like, if that dude gets out, he's gonna pop six a sixty yard one on us, and then you have to play tight because you can't make a mistake. You could make a mistake and then catch catch him. You understand what I'm trying to say? So you don't have the offensive line like Chris said. So you're not coming in scared of that offensive line, and then you don't have the running back that literally presses every part of your defensive game. So you can't be, oh, I'm a run team, and you don't have any of these things. They don't make any, any sense in my opinion. So if you want, especially with what Chris said, if you want Russell Wilson to be remain one of the better quarterbacks in the NFL for the next, for the last ending of his contract years with you, that's what you need to do. Either you go out, and you load up that offensive line or you go out and kind of get some good offensive linemen and then get that beast back. Right? Right. Get, get beast mode back. I mean, not built from the ground. <laughs> not up. actually Marshawn Lynch, but no, not, not Marshawn Lynch, but yeah, no, I mean, just built from the ground. Just you ain't got built from the ground up. Let's get the right pieces to, to make, to make it, you know, make it back to, to the legit team that they are. You know, yep. so, yeah. So we'll definitely see what happens. Um, now that we got all that out the way, before we get into our review of the wild card playoffs, um, player of the week. Uh, for me, it's got to be uh, Lamar Jackson. You know, he finally get that monkey off his back, winning a road game, big road playoff game against Tennessee. Uh, he had a pretty good game, not a great game by any stretch, but uh, he did have a solid game. Um, he ran for 136 yards. He threw for 179, no touchdowns and a pick. But um, he did get that monkey off his back, went in a playoff game. So we and everybody else could stop saying it. 
So uh, <laughs> now, uh, good luck with uh, Buffalo <laughs> this week. <laughs> yeah, um, mine, mine, my player of the week is uh, is for the guy that helped his team do the unthinkable. Uh, Baker Mayfield. Um, I didn't think that I would be calling your name today, but uh, <laughs> I am happy that I am. Um, that was a very respectable game out of you. Um, I know a lot of people are going to say, oh, there's a lot of things he didn't do. He didn't do this or whatever. You know what? That's a team that didn't have their head coach, didn't have their offensive line coach. Did not have a lot of people on that on that sideline. You know who what they, they were following? Their, their secondary coach, their coach that was on the field that was in place of, of their head coach and Baker Mayfield. This is this is how you know that they that their team is behind him and he's leading them for, to the best of his ability. So, in my opinion, uh, kudos to Baker Mayfield, man. Uh, Two sixty-three, three touchdowns in a game where you had the Cleveland Brown fans. You made them happy, man. They needed this. It's been a long, long time. Um, yeah, and I'll, I'll go with two players. The first one will be uh, Cam Akers uh, from the Rams. Um, oh, yeah. That had some real problems with the, with the quarterback situation, but he really stepped up to the plate and he did his thing. Um, shout out to him. And, of course, you can't, can't forget about Josh Allen. This, the kid is playing like a beast, and, and Lord Jesus. Um, and we will talk about, let's just talk about the game now. Uh, the Bills basically beat the Colts in a close game. We're, we're ending, but close game, uh, 27-24, which I think both, which Phillip Rivers actually did good till the end. Um, it was a lot of gamble here and there, but uh, it was a good game from both teams. Um, I don't think many expected the Colts to play as good as they thought they would, but yeah, good, good game from, from both teams. Yeah, you know what? I thought after it got to like 24-10, uh, I thought, all right, fourth quarter, that they should be wrapping this game up. But you know what? The Colts came back. <clears throat> I was surprised Buffalo's defense let them back in to the game because they basically had the game locked up with, I don't know, it was oh just into the fourth quarter. It was 24-10. But um, you know what? Rivers led a couple of drives, got the points back, and, um, you know, it was a field goal game at the end of the game, which is pretty crazy. Um, early on, he gave up a field goal. He went for it on fourth and goal. Um, I thought in that position, he should have just took the three. It's early. Take your points. You know, you, you know you, you're in a battle here where it's going to be probably a tight game that maybe three points are going to make a difference. I'm not saying that lost the game, but I think in a playoff game, in a tight playoff game like, like, like what we had, you know what, you, you take those three points – and, you know, and you move on. But uh, actually, they should have scored on that fourth and goal, too. They just uh, – Rivers just overthrew um, his receiver. But um, to me, that was a big part of the game. But uh, in the end, you know what? Buffalo wins the game. We, we all picked Buffalo to win, I think, right? Oh, no, Davin had the Colts. But, yeah, I picked um, the Colts. Yeah, no, I mean, listen, it was still going to be a close game. But I just thought when it turned 24-10, I thought, all right, you can start, you know, turning the lights out on these guys. But the Colts fought back, man. They're a good team. And, um, you know, this is a team that we were talking about, like, with the Bears, you know. I, I don't know if Rivers 
is is the answer. But you know what? If they ride with him next year, this is probably what you're going to get. You know, a good team. You don't want to face them because you know you're going to get a good game against them. And um, we'll see. But I, I'm just I'm a little now I'm a little afraid of the Buffalo defense for letting in the Colts at the end of the game, heading into the game against the the Ravens. You know, is that and the Ravens are going to come in hot now. So, you know, that's going to be an interesting choice for us, the Buffalo, uh, uh, the Buffalo Baltimore game this week. Yeah, I think, I think, I think, um, I think we're giving the, we're not giving the Colts enough uh, credit. And the reason, in, the reason I say, I'm saying that is because um, this was not a game in my opinion, that was close because the Buffalo did not play well. I think it was close because the Colts caused Buffalo to not play well. And you have to understand where I'm coming from. I think if you watch the Colts play all season, in my opinion, they haven't, they've only, I don't think they've played, they played any top-notch game where you'd be like, oh my God, that team. And they have the talent to do it. This is the thing that's crazy about that team. Um, I th- wait. I, I'm gonna take that back. I think they had that one game where they um, their running backs went crazy. But um, but the fact that they could run the ball that way, I think one of the things I was a little disappointed about was the fact they didn't lean on the run down the stretch a little bit more, or or change the way they used it a little bit more. Because um, the fact I think the fact that they had uh, Rivers dropping back and throwing the ball, yes, that definitely kept them in the game. Um, but I think they needed to use the run a little bit more there. Um, but I'm not, I'm not, I'm not really disappointed in them. Like I, like, like you said, Chris, we picked the Buffalo to win that game anyway. Um, there, there's just a couple of flaws in that team. They're going to be back because they're way too talented not to be one of the more scary teams in NFL to play. So. Yeah. Shout out to both teams for a wonderful performance and, uh, and for a great game. Um, second game. Rams definitely beat the uh, Seahawks thirty to twenty. Yeah, that was another oh. good battle. Uh, not good. Go ahead. Um, oh. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, um, I know Jets fans were happy. <laughs> uh, Jamal Jamal uh, Adams um, did not go further, but but more more than anything, we were happy because. Um, they lost, and the Steelers <laughs> lost, making our pick higher than it was before. I think it was at the t- like somewhere something like if the Seahawks had won, it would have been like twenty-seven or something like that. It was it would have been twenty-seven if the Seahawks had won and the right. Steelers had won, but because the two teams lost, it ended up being twenty-three, right? Yeah. So yes. so um so yeah, we had a lot to celebrate about. But back to the game, I think I I explained what I felt about Seattle and their issues but in my opinion what the rams did without without for the most part their quarterback shows you how much great leadership that team has one of the things um um i know a lot of those guys get paid a lot of money and they're high-end uh, um guys but the fact that everybody even when aaron donald was out of the game um everybody was playing was bringing 110 percent um, that that I'll I'll stand behind at any time. That's the kind of football I like to see anyway. So, uh, I'm like uh, like uh, Davin says, man, um, 
big ups to them. Um, definitely, they uh, um, they they played a really good game. I don't know how far they go after this, but that defense will will scare a lot of players, um, teams in the NFC. Yeah, with Adams when he knocked out Wolford, um, and then Goff came in. You know, I, I didn't know I didn't know what to expect with Goff with his thumb, but yes. you know he didn't play horrible. I mean, he didn't play great either. But you know what? He didn't turn the ball over. And like Davin said a little bit earlier with Akers having a great game, you know, he basically, uh, I don't want to say he carried the team, but offensively, kind of. I mean, he definitely did what he had to do. I mean, 28 carries, 131 yards and a touchdown. So, um, but like you said, it's, this is like, is it the best defense in the league? Possibly, you know, you could definitely put them up there. No doubt. Um, you got the yep. best corner in, in the league. Jalen He's Rams. definitely playing like that right now. He's yeah. playing like the best. Yeah. And anytime you put Aaron Donald on a defense, they're automatically a, oh a great defense. So, I mean, that guy could do it himself. So, uh, yeah, I, it definitely surprised me. And I'm, su- su- I'm sure it surprised a little bit Charmin because he picked them too. But we have to give Davin credit. Davin yeah, had the Rams. the Rams. So, yes, he did. Davin on that one. <laughs> yeah, um, Jalen Ramsey just proves himself time and time again that he is one of the best, if not the best cornerback of Definitely the league. Shut down DK yes. McCaff, and I, I can't wait to see him against uh, Devontae Adams. Oh, it's that's going to be, be nice. Exciting. Yes, sir. <laughs> very exciting. Um, I think this was a surprising score because Alex Smith didn't play, but uh, – Washington hanged in there with the Buccaneers, and the Buccaneers barely beat the uh, Washington, 31-23. Yeah, and you know what? Maybe they found their quarterback in this guy, you know, Heineke or whatever his name is. Uh, he played great, you know, for a guy that, you know, we didn't see much of and never really heard about this kid. Uh, he comes in, you know, going against arguably the greatest quarterback to ever live and didn't show that he was nervous. He played great. Um I was, I, I mean, I was watching it saying, I, I can't believe how good this kid is playing. But, um, you know, I mean, the Bucks are the Bucks. Tom Brady, obviously next week is their big matchup against the Saints. But, um, you know, like you said, I think the score was a little higher than we thought, um, especially without Alex Smith. I didn't think they have any shot without Alex Smith. But, um, you know what, they hung in there. And I tell you one thing, if this guy is the answer next year, I don't know if he is. I'm not saying he's definitely going to be the starter, but if they could find a quarterback, this is definitely a team, the Washington football team and whatever they're going to be named after this year. Um, This is definitely a team to watch out for because that defense is really good. Uh, If they could add a corner um, to that defense and the offense, if Gibson could play all year, you know, if uh, McLaren could play all year, they could add another receiver to that team. That's, that's a really good team, man. I think the NFC East is going to be a, a total different division next year, um, in my mind, except for Philly. Philly's still going to be a, a poop show. But the other three teams are going <laughs> to get a little better, you know, with the Cowboys hiring um, what's-his-name as their D.C. So, um, yeah, no, I, I, I was impressed. But you know what? The Bucs, you knew they were going to win, and that sets up the big matchup this week. So looking forward to it. Yeah, um, wash. Um, I, I like you said, uh, Heineke came from anywhere. I don't know where, wherever he was, and uh, he did. He did. He did not implode. Um, he played. He played better than we thought he could have played. Um, 
I think I think if they had if they could have run the ball a little bit more and give him um, more consistency that way, I think he, they would have had a better shot at winning that game. But the fact that they couldn't run that ball, I think that really kind of uh, hampered their chances. Um, but the the other part of it was um, they definitely needed um, they they were picked apart by by the by the Bucks. Too much firepower, man. Um, at the end of the day, if you can't get to to um, Tom Brady, like they just did, they, they could not get to Tom Brady at certain points. I think, I think the fact that Brady was having all that time in the in the pocket um, at uh, at crucial most the, at the most crucial times is what kind of killed them. But like you said, it, it, the fact that they came into the playoffs when nobody thought they would have gotten the playoffs and gave one of the better teams in the NFL a, a run for their money, uh, kudos for the, to them, man. That was uh, that was a hell of a game. Hey, and you know what? Yeah. Uh, Rob Gronkowski had zero catches, and he was only targeted once all game. You know why? I don't know, I don't know why. I don't think he was hurt. I will. I will tell you why. If 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 one of the better blocking tight ends you've ever seen in the NFL, what do you think you're going to let him do? Block. Yeah. Because you because you that's the only way, only way you're answering that that def, against that defensive line. Say that. And, you know. and if you look, their other tight end had a good game, right? Cameron yeah. Brady. Right, because Brady's more Brady's more of a receiving tight end. He's not a blocking tight end at all. Yeah. <laughs> He's more like a glorified wide uh, glory, uh, glorified tight end, uh, right. wide receiver. And Gronk could block, so. Yeah, exactly. They had to. They didn't have a choice, man. You're not going to go against that defensive line with uh, Montez Sweat and, 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 and Chase Young and all these guys, and you're not going to. Um, max protect at chance, at points and stuff like that. Double and double team a bunch of guys don't have a choice. I think their whole defensive line are former first rounders, right? Yeah, all of them. <laughs> and two the, the two Alabama guys in the middle, uh, Chase Young, of course, Montez Sweat. <laughs> this is just yeah, no, that's this is incredible. You, that's a defense you're gonna. That's a team you got to watch out for next year. They're not gonna be if if they could find a quarterback. I don't know if this kid. It's for real, you know, because that's the first time we've ever seen him uh, play a, a game, let alone a full game. So you never know. He might have been, you know, <laughs> so jacked up that, uh, you know, he put it all out there for us on that <laughs> one game. So you don't know how he's going to be for a 16-game season or a 17-game season if that turns out. So um, this is going to be an interesting team, man, next season. Watch out for Washington. Yeah, yeah, I know. If they if they play the right, if they do the right things, man. What's the name of the quarterback that they that the coach brought with him from South Carolina? I think he was injured. He 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 got injured for the season. I mean, he's still gonna be in the mix too. So is it Allen? Yeah, I think Allen is his last name. Yes, I think so. Yes, oh, Kyle, Kyle Allen. Kyle oh. Allen. There you go. Yeah. So so they have they have prospects. Let's see what happens. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Shout out to um. Shout out to Washington for the performance that they had. Um, tennis, uh, the Ravens beat the Titans in the close game, twenty to thirteen. To me, the the thing that stood out to me the most in this game was Derrick Henry being totally shut down, which Sheesh. I did not think that was possible. But uh, Baltimore did it, man, and I thought. I, you you were just kind of waiting, you know, every time Derrick Henry got the ball, you thought, oh, here we go. You know, like you thought he was going to just break out and, and run for 20, 30 yards, 40 yards, or 
but he just couldn't get going, man. And that give Baltimore's defense, you know, Wink Martindale, the DC, um, out, uh, I don't want to say outsmarted, but definitely, uh, outperformed Arthur Smith, uh, definitely for sure. Um, but, um, and we said, you know, give Lamar Jackson his due. He won the game. Um, and then at the end, the big interception and they danced on the, uh, the Titans logo. That was a little revenge from week 11. So yes, <laughs> this is definitely a rivalry that's brewing. For sure, oh, but uh, ruin, but it's, boiling. <laughs> yeah, I, I tell you, man, Baltimore Buffalo is gonna be a really good, really good game this week. We got a lot of we every matchup is is big. You know, the four matchups are gonna be really good. Uh, I don't see yep. any blowouts. So, uh, but yeah, yeah. Uh, close game. Tennessee couldn't get going offensively. You know, you shut down Henry, and uh, then you put the put the ball in. Um, Tannehill's hands and he just couldn't you know he couldn't get he, he, he couldn't get going either you know just I would I, I thought play. I thought I thought two things happened I thought that the fact that uh, Derrick Henry was stopped was one of the reasons why the offense couldn't get off but one of the other reasons why they couldn't get off was that um their second wide receiver um was, is it Davis Corey Davis Corey Davis the, yeah that dude was not like he should not, in my opinion, he didn't look like he should have been in that game. He just couldn't, he couldn't play. And at, at some point they took, they had to take him out of the game, I think. Right. Yeah. So, so the, and, and the, and the, the Ravens just took, um, um, at first in the beginning, um, when, when Corey Davis was on the field, um, um, the other kid, um, what's his name? The wide receiver, the other wide receiver. Uh, AJ Brown. Uh, Yeah. The the he 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 had you know he definitely was um was dominating um he had his chances of course um the 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 Ravens have some really good corners especially um the corner that was <laughs> that was following Brown around um he's probably one of the better corners one of those guys that you mentioned as the better corners in the NFL oh, Humphreys but right? Humphreys right yeah he's a very respect yeah he's very good um I think I think I think Partly what happened was that there was not really any kind of, kind of continuation on, on the offense when, when Davies went down and then um, um, A.J. Brown started getting doubled and Humphrey started kind of tight, locking him up. Um, there was nobody else to go to. Um, they took, they took, they even took, the, the, that was a hell of a defensive game. I, I, listen, no matter what anybody says, and like what happened on in that game, in my opinion, was that defense, that Ravens defense stepped up on yeah. every possession. They took away when Brown got hot in the beginning, right? They stopped Brown. Corey Davis went down. They have the um the tight end. Um the, the Titans have uh, the tight end. He's he's okay. He's a he's actually pretty good. He oh, started perfect. hitting he right. Um, it was him. It was the other kid too. Um, uh, Smith, Janu Smith. Right. Janu Smith had been good all year. They took him out of the game. Um, that's one of the reasons why they started going to Ferguson is because because Smith was they literally was taking Smith out of the game. Um, so it was like everybody that could have given the the Titans a kind of a, a push were taken out of the game, and Tannehill really didn't mm -hmm. have anywhere to go, and he's not again. 
as hot as he, he has been, we know that he's not a force multiplier. He's not that quarterback that will make up for an offense's faults. If that offense is not is sputtering, he's not that guy that will like, oh, he'll put that offense on his back. That's not him. Right. So so you did so that was a, in my opinion a hell of a defensive game by the Ravens. I know like like Chris says, if you look at the stats, um we our, my proof is that I don't think Lamar Jackson had a hell of a game. You know, he did not, you know. He had yes, he had all that those rushing yards and the rushing touchdown, but he didn't throw for a touchdown. He only had 179 yards passing. You know, so in my opinion, you know, he 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 did he influenced the game. Of course, he's the quarterback. That to me, that that was the Ravens defense all day. Yeah, shout out to the Ravens and Lamar Jackson um for, for finally getting it done. Um so there you go. Moving on to the next round. Uh the Saints defense dominated the Bears offense 21 to 9. Yeah, this was probably the worst game of the of the weekend. Uh boring as hell. But uh, you know, I, I don't think anybody thought uh Chicago had a shot against New Orleans. But you know what? Their defense played good enough. You know, they kind of hung them in the they kind of hung in the game. Chicago's offense just you know, couldn't get going. Obviously, Trubisky. They did have the one drop in the end zone by uh, who was Ooh. the guy? Whip? Was it Wims that dropped? Was that his name? Yes, Wims. Is his oh name, my yes. God! I mean, it was a perfectly thrown ball by Trubisky. Great. Was was great Foles call, inactive but... for that game? Was what? Foles inactive that game? Nick yeah. Foles. Yeah, he was. Yes, he was. I seen him on oh, the okay. sideline. Um, yeah, they, they just couldn't get going offensively. I mean, uh, the running game couldn't get going, you know, give the saints credit. They were, they just shut them down and they did enough offensively to beat them. So, uh, it sets up the big, uh, breeze versus Brady matchup, which will probably be their last matchup ever. So <laughs> there you go. I mean, I mean the saints defense, we know what they stand for. Um, we know how talented they are and what they could do. Um, so that, that, that's a given in my opinion, but yeah, that just goes to show you how good that, that bears defense is in my opinion, because if it was some other defense, the saints would probably hang 40 on them, <laughs> especially how the Chicago offense was playing. The fact that they had so many chances to beat up the bears, the bears defense, and they couldn't really beat them up like the way they should, um, was kind of, you know, was kind of an indicator of how good uh, the best defense is, but it's also an, an indicator of how good the um, the Saints defense is. That Saints defense is very talented everywhere, man. And they're pretty scary up front. They could rush the passer everywhere, inside and outside. Their linebackers are pretty good at coverage. The corners are very scary. The safeties are ball hawks. I mean, it's going to be a hell of a thing, man. Bucks and Saints. Yep. Mm, yeah. Shout out to the Saints for uh, for finally getting that hump over their back. So, um, in the last in the last game, which is a uh, Sharma's win right here, Browns. <laughs> the Browns. Well, it started out as an annihilation, then it came to a comeback. But the Browns won. They beat the Steelers forty-eight to thirty-seven. Yeah, that was the start of that game was ridiculous. I mean, they were up 28 nothing, 
And uh, it was just shocking. And it, it, did my question after this game, after watching the game was, is this Ben's last game? I mean, he looked horrible. Um, it just, I don't want to say he looked old, but he just looked, he looked like he was finished. And I don't know what they're going to, I mean, he did throw for 501 yards. So, <laughs> I mean, I'm talking about a guy who threw for over 500 yards and four touchdowns, but he also had four picks. Um, but um, I don't know, man. Pittsburgh, we were talking about them during the season, not looking so impressive, even when they were undefeated. Um, and then it all kind of caught up to them, you know, and you could tell they just, they, I don't know if they got away from the running game or they just couldn't do it. And, you know, you yeah. So, <laughs> and that's another team that needs to run the ball. You know, you can't just throw the ball 50 times every, you know, every game. You know, teams just don't win that way. So they've been, yeah, I've, I've been saying Browns. that over and I've been saying that over and over again all season that the Steelers have are having problems rushing the ball. And they just happen to be going up against a team that are very good at rushing the football. And that is that is why I made my pick. Um, I was stupid not to gamble it. Um, but anyway, I'm in New York State. I can't really do anything. But anyway, <laughs> um, I'm just, I, 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 yes, I went out on a limb. But one of the reasons why I, I was able to, and, and which I, I'm, I, I'm not somebody that takes chances, the fact that I chose the Browns kind of shows you how much um, I thought that the fact that the Browns are really good at running the ball, the defense had been, the Steelers defense had been atrocious lately and, and the Steelers offense had been hit or miss. And I just felt like that they were like, you can't go into the playoffs like that. You just can't. And, and it, and it, it kind of looked like that, 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 um, that uh, game Peyton Manning had against the who was it that he went he, he was against and where he, he he fumbled the first snap and it was a bunch of and they got smoked. I think it was his first year in Denver. Do you remember that year? Well, that kind of happened to them in the Super Bowl against the Seahawks too, if you remember. Yes, remember they yes. Went in like the that was the year Gates had them scoring, you know, a thousand points or whatever it was in the regular yeah. season. Yep. Yep. And yeah, it, it kind of looked that way in my opinion too. So I, I yeah, listen. Um, kudos to the Browns. Um, enough about the Steelers. Um, kudos to the Browns in my opinion, especially like I said before, giving the city of Cleveland uh, a football winning football team and a playoff win in the for the first time since what it was, Chris, nineteen ninety five. Uh oh, a win. Oh yeah, uh, well, that's I, different. I, yeah. Yeah, I think they've not. They haven't won a, since Belichick was their coach. I think. I think All you're before. right. Yeah. Sheesh, man, it's kind of crazy, but yeah. Um, but uh, kudos to everybody because you know what, their coach wasn't in there, and everybody just stayed. No matter all the shenanigans, all the the um, the celebrating and everything, when it came to playing on the field, they just kept coming at them over and over, nonstop, man. So. Uh, they deserve to go where they're going. And yes, um, like I think one of the Steelers, uh, play, uh, the rookie wide receiver said something about, oh, who cares? They're going to get clapped against the Chiefs anyway. Listen to me. <laughs> the, the Chiefs have been worrying me too. Now, please don't run away and think that I'm going <laughs> to pick, um, pick the Browns over the Chiefs. But I don't think it's going to be that clapping that everybody is making it. No, nah, no way. <laughs> 
Playoff, I, playoff intensity is different from the season. Exactly. Yeah, my man Juju shows. talks way too much. I don't want him anywhere near us. Uh, by the way. Yeah, you don't. You didn't even have to say that. We all know that. Now, now, but shout out to the Browns for for the win. Um, I know, I know. Last week, uh, I think from from what the records say, uh, I think uh, Chris Sharman is tied uh, with a record of four and two, and yeah. I think I have a record yeah. of three and three. So let's let's hit the let's hit the divisional round uh, predictions. The first game Saturday, which is the Rams versus the Packers. Ooh, that's gonna be a tough game, man. Uh, you know what, Green Bay, they definitely play. They're definitely more impressive than they were last year. At this point, Um, you could tell Aaron Rodgers is probably gonna win MVP. He's having one of those seasons. Um, but I'm going to pick the Rams for some reason. I just think they're going to upset them. Yeah, I, I, I totally understand why you, you could say the Rams because that's what I was thinking too. Um, I think, I think, I think all the calories and all the beatings and all the points that Packers score, one of the things that will always worry me until they do it on numerous occasions is them being able to stop the run. Um, I, I can't, I don't have the numbers with me. And, um, um, yes, the defense had been better, but that offense had been also very good. So they hadn't been in a really close game to really get measured. Um, I think they played Tennessee. That was their best or defensive game, in my opinion, that they played all season when they played Tennessee and they whooped Tennessee. Right. Um, I think that's, I think that's the game. Um, but yeah. I didn't. I didn't see that defense do it on a consistent basis, so that I could. I would bet. I would put my money on them. So I'm. I'm betting Rams. Um, I'm. A, I'm. A, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna stick with the Packers. Um, Aaron Rodgers having the best year. Uh, it's gonna be a big test for Adams, but I can see um, the other wide receivers and the tight end um, and the tight end stepping up for him. So I'll, I'll go with the Packers. Uh, they'll. They'll win. Um, the second game, which is which is the game that we that we that we'll talk about a little bit more, the Ravens versus the Bills. I, you know what? Before last week, I was thinking Buffalo all the way is going to face Kansas City in the in the championship game, but Baltimore played really well last week, and Buffalo, their defense a little bit at the end. I was a little bit. I thought they were a little shaky. Um. And but here's the thing: it might snow on Saturday in Buffalo. I think I read there's like fifty percent, sixty percent chance of snow. So, um, but um, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna go with my underdogs again. So I'm gonna go Baltimore. <laughs> They're underdogs. I, I Buffalo in and Baltimore are not underdogs in that game, in my opinion. But anyway, Uh <laughs> The way they play defense is is the thing, and the way that the the um, the the Bills offense looked shaky to me, and the way the 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 Ravens defense looked, I I I I'm just gonna lean towards the Ravens in my opinion. Um, not only did the the Bills offense look shaky, their defense kind of surprised me too. Um, so I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with uh, Ravens. I'm not trying to copy you, Chris. I know. <laughs> uh, the Ravens defense—they did so well against uh, Henry. 
Um, it's, it's, it, it amazes me that I went against Jackson. So um, I, I would pick the Ravens, but this will be more of a defensive game than anything. It's going to be tough for, for Josh Allen. It's going to be tough for Lamar Jackson, but I think Lamar Jackson has the edge. So I will go with the Ravens as well, and, which is very tough. And you know what kind of – it still bothers me, and I've, I, I've told this to you guys before, is the thing that bothers me about Buffalo is they really have a non-existing running game other than Josh Allen. I mean, I know Josh Allen could run. I yes. Mean, he got 60-something yards. But other than that, they really got no running game. And yes, think, uh, Zach, Zach Boss, uh, he, he's not playing. Um, I don't know about the uh, Devin Singletary. Um, I don't know they signed the, that, that running back, Devonta Freeman, but yeah, who knows what he's bringing. So, yeah, yeah he was right. It bothers me that they have no – like they have no threat, nothing, you know. So it's kind of like, yeah, you, you do have to worry about Josh Allen running the ball, no doubt. But um, I just feel like there's no running game there. So it's kind of almost like a one-dimensional offense. Yeah, right. yeah, that's the scary. That's the scary part about that. About that, you're right. I agree. We'll definitely see. Um, and then the Sunday game, the first game is the Browns and the Chiefs. As much as I'd love to see the Browns win, <laughs> I think it's KC all the way. Um, the Browns might be able to keep it close. But I think in the end, the, the Chiefs are going to pull this one out. Yeah, yeah, uh, that's a Chiefs game, man. That goes without saying. It. <laughs> I mean, it, I think it's a closer game than everybody thinks. But yeah, most definitely. Yeah, it's a ten point spread. <laughs> yeah, which is not yep. bad. But I, I won't be surprised if Patrick Mahomes uh, turn it up a notch because that's this playoff time, and and. He, they had what about two or three weeks worth of rest, yeah. so yeah, <laughs> just don't be surprised. I mean, they they gonna turn it up, so yeah, we'll definitely see. So I'll pick the Chiefs as well. And the final game is the Buccaneers and the Saints. Uh, I, I Saints I, with Breeze, I, I don't know with the playoffs. Uh, you know, we've talked about them enough about them in, in the playoffs the last three four years. Um, they've always found a way to lose somehow. Um, and, uh, I think one old man is going to beat the other old man, but I think old man Brady is going to be the winner in, in the battle of the two old guys in this one. This, this is where we separate because I think the Buccaneers as good as they are right now are still not the best they could be. And they're going up against a defense that are kicking on all cylinders. So I think I think uh, the the box the, the Saints will do just enough on offense, and totally demolish the Buccaneers on defense. Wow, Saints. Yeah, um, I'm still hitting my predictions, uh, even for the Super Bowl, for what I for what I had called it, uh, um, before we won, uh, Saints and Chiefs, uh, to the Super Bowl, and it's a fairy tale ending for for Breeze's career. So. I'm going with the Saints. Saints will uh, Breeze will find a way to dominate this game. So yeah, I'm going with the Saints with Charmin. Um, other than that, that's it for our podcast. Please make sure to follow us on Twitter, Just Fans Podcast. We do this for y'all every week. Leave us some feedback. Um, you can follow you can follow Charmin at Grown Folk. What is it? What is what is your uh, Twitter, Charmin? 
Yeah, Grown Folks, eight, um, 1980. And uh, Chris, what's your Twitter? Uh, CP7NY. Thank you. And mine is Davin NY, the number two MD as in Maryland. Uh, y'all can follow, y'all can also follow us on Twitter. Uh, we we do this for y'all every week. And until next week, we take a flight. Take flight. Take flight.